Hi everyone, welcome to the Natural Curiosity Project. I'm Steve Shepard. I'm standing on the front porch of my house because a thunderstorm is passing through and the sky is as dark and green as the back of a catfish. If there is a more satisfying experience out there, I honestly do not know what it is. The hiss of rain, the random chiming of leaves and downspouts and puddles and flower pots as the raindrops fall, crackle and crash of thunder, it's nature's best symphony as far as I'm concerned. And the light, I have always believed that the light during a thunderstorm is something you can taste. It's more than visible. Thunderstorm light glows from within and it comes from everywhere and nowhere. The best part of a thunderstorm, of course, is when it ends, not because it's over, which I always regret, but because it leaves behind a scent trail, that amazing smell, the breath of the storm, that proves that it's alive. That smell, which we usually call ozone, isn't ozone at all, at least not totally. It's a very different chemical compound that I'll introduce you to in a minute. But first, because I brought it up, let me tell you a little bit about ozone, because it's a pretty important chemical. Ozone, it turns out, is a weird form of oxygen. Oxygen is normally a diatomic molecule, meaning that two oxygen atoms combine to form the gas that we breathe, otherwise known as O2. Ozone, on the other hand, is O3, which is a much less stable chemical. Everybody knows about the ozone layer up there. Well, that layer exists because ultraviolet energy from space strikes the oxygen in the upper atmosphere, changing O2 to O3, and creating a layer or shell of ozone that does a very good job of shielding us from all that UV radiation that would otherwise fry us into little masses of melanoma. At least it protects us until we do dumb human things like releasing chlorofluorocarbons that eat holes in the ozone layer and let all that nasty UV energy through. Well, the ozone layer sits about 30 kilometers or so above the surface of the planet, and in spite of its name, the concentration of ozone up there is only about eight parts per million while the rest of that layer is mostly just plain oxygen. But it's that oxygen that absorbs UV energy to become the ozone that protects the planet's surface from most of the effects of harmful radiation. And while ozone has beneficial effects in the atmosphere, they're not all that beneficial down here on the planet. It's known to reduce crop yields when there's too much of it in the ground, and because it's such a powerful oxidant, it can be extremely irritating to noses, throats, and lungs. It can also cause cracks in rubber and plastics, and in at least one study, it's been shown to make arterial plaque, that fatty buildup that can lead to heart attack and stroke, a lot worse. We talk about a love-hate relationship. So let's talk about what we were originally discussing before I diverted us, and that was that wonderful smell that takes over everything after a rainstorm, that smell that makes us inhale deeply and just feel good about life in general. Well, as it turns out, that smell doesn't come from ozone, at least not exclusively. There may be ozone in the air if there was lightning during the rainstorm, but the chemical you're mostly smelling is called geosmin. You smell it after a rain or in wet dirt that you're digging up in the garden. The smell is so recognizable and so wonderful that it even has a name. It's called petrichor. It comes from two Greek words that mean the smell of the substance that flows in the veins of the gods. So where does geosmin come from? Well, it turns out that it's created as a byproduct when three types of bacteria found in the soil, actinomycetes, streptomycetes, and cyanobacteria, have their way with organic material. As they break it down, geosmin is released. 
So it's naturally occurring, and in fact, it contributes to the flavor of, among other things, beets, spinach, lettuce, mushrooms, and even that wonderful earthy taste of catfish. Sometimes it can be overpowering when too much of it gets into water supplies, and while it isn't harmful, it can temporarily give water a bitter taste. Now here's one last interesting thing about geosmin and petrichor aroma. Human noses are extremely sensitive to the smell of petrichor. In fact, more sensitive to it than just about any other compound. We can detect it in concentrations of as little as five parts per trillion. Now to put that into perspective, for the human nose to detect methanol, which is a pretty pungent alcohol, it has to be present in concentrations of a billion parts per trillion. That's quite a difference. And why are we so amazingly sensitive to it? Well, some scientists believe that that sensitivity has actually been genetically selected because it allowed our distant ancestors to find water, even in the driest places on Earth. No wonder it smells so good after a rain. It helped keep us alive. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Natural Curiosity Project. I'm Steve Shepard.